the world of physics is an exciting place. You find all kinds of mysterious creatures in there, from wave particle dualities in the lands of quantum mechanics to oceans filled with neutrons or electrons, to futuristic cities powered by perovskite solar cells. And then there are the people that live in this wondrous world. We call them scientists, and sometimes we call them nerds. But this world does not belong only to the scientists. It is also there for you, and science is fun and helps you to better understand the technology and natural phenomena that are around you. I am Lucas, your friendly physicist, and your guide through the wondrous world of science. Now let's start our journey and visit some of these nerdy scientists. I'm already curious what they are up to, and you should be too. With their research, they are shaping not only the future of the physics world, but also yours. The guest for today's episode is Dr. Wei Chen. Wei is an experimental physicist and currently runs the Energy and Photonics Lab at the Shenzhen Technical University in China. Wei started his scientific career in 2006 when he received his Bachelor of Science degree in Physics at the Hubei Engineering University. At this university he also got his Master's degree and afterwards he went to Germany to the Technical University of Munich and joined the Chair of Functional Materials to do his PhD. And this is also the place and the time where we both met and became friends and I really learned a lot from Wei. On the one hand, he was a more experienced PhD student. I think he started one year before me or something like this. But on the other hand, he was a real expert on quantum dot materials. And it was really impressive how much knowledge one student can have about a single topic. He was so well informed about all the literature and all the new articles that came out and he tried things and tried to cooperate different ideas from all over the literature and into his own research and he went to conferences and talked to people there and really lived the life i think the life of a of a scientist as it should be and you would always see him in the lab at some photoelectronic device um, uh, and uh, optimizing and fine-tuning things and then at some point he would come to my office super excited hey look at this we we did it we finally got the results we were looking for and then it works and the theory is correct and there we really shared some some great moments together and it is really great to have you on board of the show because i said you are a real expert on quantum dot materials which is a relevant topic i mean there was the the nobel prize a few weeks distributed among three scientists uh, for their groundbreaking research on quantum dot materials and i know that you were also using their groundbreaking research in in your in your science then but on the other hand it's also great that you're here because i finally get to see you again um even if it's even if it's only through a screen, but before the show started, uh, we already talked about it. Uh, we will definitely see each other next year in March and then even one time uh, in China in October. And I'm really, really looking forward to this. And I'm also really looking forward to the next, let's say, 30 minutes to hear some exciting stories from the worlds of 
Quantum Dots Materials. So, Wei, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing? And yeah, how is it going in China? Yeah, it's it's good. It's also in even in Shenzhen, it's not winter now. It's cold yeah. outside. <laughs> yes, everything at my place is good, but I have to spend uh, too much time since I'm giving lectures. How about you? Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I gave lectures the last two semesters. This semester, okay. I, I, I'm not giving semesters. So, Christine Papadakis, you, you know her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I she, know. She, she, she took over the, um, the polymer physics. Okay, okay, lecture. okay, cool. My present university have a very strong relationship with the universities in, uh, also in Germany. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but cool. most of them are Hochschule. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hochschule. Okay. Yeah. But the, the Hochschule is quite fresh in China, so it's, it's still called a university. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of an university, I think. Yes, yes. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, and uh, you, I mean, you're a PI of your research group, right? Yeah, yeah, true. But it's, oh. it's really hard for, for starting up everything you need to, you know, to join the purchasing and you have to set up all your uh, devices. Mm -hmm. And also, you you don't have too many uh, space. This is the, mm -hmm. the main problem. Even though okay. I have a student, but they don't have space for for office. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. I mean, doing super complicated experiments and everything is nothing compared to the task of finding office space or lab space for yourself or for your students. So yes, all the luck to you for this task. <laughs> but I'm also sure you will manage somehow. Let's start with the first question. So a couple of weeks ago, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded to three scientists, to Alexei Ekimov, Louis Bruce, and Mungi Bavendi for their discovery and development of quantum dots. And I quote from the Nobel Prize Committee, quantum dots is an area of research ripe with exciting results in terms of both fundamental science and present and forthcoming applications, quote end. Wait. How do you feel about this? Yes, I feel very excited. Even though I, I still remember that in 2017, I was given the uh, seminar talk in Peter's group, and mm -hmm. I just gave three people, they were all the Nobel Prizes. Two of them are correct, <laughs> including <laughs> the, yes, including the Bruce and the Bawendi. So I okay, was so cool. excited. Yes, this means nice. we will probably have more opportunities for higher uh, quality uh, project or the uh, publications. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, with uh, more publicity and uh, more, more awareness about this uh, topic, probably uh, it might be easier to get funding, to get corporations yeah. on this topic is cool. True. We talked a lot around quantum dot materials. Now, of course, everyone wants to know what is a quantum dot and what is a quantum dot material? Wait, can you give us an answer to this question? A short disclaimer before Wei gives his answer to this question. Whenever Wei speaks of QDs, he means quantum dots. So this is just the common abbreviation of quantum dots. Yeah, uh, quantum dot is, is a, a very special material, but it still belongs to a part of the semiconductor material. Just because the, uh, you know, QDs ha actually have uh, uh, all the names. It's called like semiconductor nanocrystals. So mm -hmm. I think the names cont contains like two main properties of the material. The one is a semiconductor crystal. The other one is the semiconductor crystal is quite small into nanoscales. Um, I think that the, the size of the quantum dots are normally like two to 20 nanometers compared with traditional materials. QDs are quite uh, uh, magic since the band gap of the QDs is uh, tunable by only changing their size. 
So you already mentioned uh, quite uh, a lot of technical terms. Maybe let's dig yeah, into... Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's totally fine. It's a science podcast after all, and uh, it's exciting material. So maybe we can dig right into it. Uh, I, you mentioned band gap. Uh, yes. Band gap is quite uh, important for semiconducting materials. So semiconducting yes. means it's behaving like a conductor, like a metal, but also has insulating properties like like a polymer, for example. And semiconductor have a band gap. Can you explain yes. shortly what, what a band gap is and what does it do? Yes, you mean uh, from the uh, textbook, band gap generation can be very difficult. But I will give a very brief uh, very yeah. interpretation. <laughs> I will try my best. And the, 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 uh, the, oh, it cannot be very easy, I would say. If you can really understand the free electron gas and the, the difference is the free electron gas starts into the semiconductors, mm -hmm. into the uh, crystals, because periodical structure, I mean, right? And the, the, uh, the, the electron gas starts to, you know, uh, to exhibit the scattering effect from the near, uh, that is the model to explain this, like near uh, free, uh, free gas theory. And yep. the, 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 the electrons cannot, cannot exist in certain energy uh, mode. And uh, so this kind of mode, we call this kind of mode like uh, the, the forbidden region. So this is called band gap. This is actually a great answer of what the band gap is and, and how it is generated. Still, I want to summarize your answer for the non-physicists among our listeners. So a band gap refers to an energy range in a, mat in a material where no electronic states can exist. There, just as Wei said, there these electronic states are forbidden in the context of the free electron gas theory. Now, regarding semiconductors like our quantum dot materials, the band gap is the energy difference between the so-called valence band. So, so these electronic states are typically occupied by electrons with a certain energy. And this is defined as the valence band. And then we have the conduction band which is the lowest energy of unoccupied electron states. So we have at low energy the valence band. Then we have some electrons, electronic states that are forbidden. This is the so-called band gap. And then we have the conduction band. And this band gap basically represents the minimum energy that is required to move an electron from the occupied valence band to the unoccupied conduction band. And if this happens, then we have a conducting material because then we have electrons in the conduction band. If this is if this not if this does not happen because the band gap is, for example, too large, then we have an insulator. And this is basically the working principle of a semiconductor, where we have both an insulator and a conductor based on how large this band gap is. But instead of bringing electrons from the valence to the conduction band, you are using this band gap in a bit different way, right? The band gap actually here we use it for the for the electrons recombine, recombine and emitting specific specific uh, wavelengths. The wavelength is related to this band gap. If we change mm -hmm. the band gap, the, the emission wavelengths would be different. I would make an instance uh, like the uh, cadmium selenide, uh, CDSE quantum dot. If mm -hmm. you have fabricate like six nanometers quantum dots, 
it can provide you the, the red emission. And if you decrease decrease the size of the conducts, you will have a larger band gap. Then at this time, you will have a green emission. So basically, yeah. you change the, the size, you change the band gap, and you also change the, the, the emission wavelengths. This okay. is the, how we use the quantum dots. Yes. Okay, so quantum dots are semiconducting materials, and by recombining electrons within the material, they yes. emit light. And this is what you see then on these famous pictures when you see the presentation of the Nobel exactly, Prize and everything, yes. that you have these uh, shiny, bright colors between red, yellow, yes. green, blue, and everything. I will put some pictures and videos of these uh, shiny quantum dot solutions on my Instagram channel. Then you can have a look uh, yourself how, how this looks like. Uh, a side note maybe here, uh, because often this is uh, forgotten. I mean, it's nice to have these shiny colors. Of course, uh, they look nice, but it's also a very easy, let's say, proof uh, of a phenomena that you want to investigate. So it's quite easily detectable, quite easily observable, at least if it's in the visible wavelength spectrum. And if you change the size of the quantum dots, then you change also the yeah the value of the band gap, and this mm -hmm. defines the emitted wavelength in the end, right? Yes, indeed. But the, the difference between the quantum dots and the traditional semiconductor is the QD is actually the size can be changed. And uh, to change it into very specific uh, range, two to twenty nanometers. Okay, and the traditional semiconductor, uh, of course, you can also decrease the size into quantum dot. This is the the, the thing. But they will, in in our daily life, they will not use the quantum size. They are not in the nano size. They, mm -hmm. are, they exist like bark or film or something like that. And QDs are used as like a zero dimension material, zero dimension. Okay because it's too small, just like a dot, but the still can change the size, like very from various from like two to 10, you can variable. So that mm -hmm. means you can change the, the, the light, emission, light emission. You can also change the absorption range. And this is how different they, I think this is the most uh, uh, part different oh, okay. with the rest of the material, yes. So by reducing the size of a classical semiconductor from yes. from a bulk material or a film to this, let's call it zero-dimensional yes. nano dot, you can very easily tune the emitted light or the yes. absorbed light if you reverse yes. the whole process. This and this is the, yes. the this is the major advantage of quantum dots. Yes, that's right. Huh? Cool. Yes, but you have to mention that if if for example if a uh, uh, like the, the traditional semiconductor have uh, the, the emission light in visible range and you change it into quantum dots, okay, then the band gap is quite huge and the emitting light may be in like ultraviolet, you cannot see it anymore. Yeah, for the for, for some specific uh, quantum dots, they have emitted that visible light so people can see it. Yeah, but then... uh, for, I will make another example. If you increase yeah. the size continuously, for for example, and the, the emission light will redshift, redshift, red, redshift into infrared <laughs> and become normal material. It's not magic anymore. Yeah. <laughs> some some material just used in quantum is very magic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it uh, definitely looks very magic. Yes. So now we know what a quantum dot is and have an idea how it works. Maybe bring it more to our everyday life. What can we use quantum dots for? This is a very, very, very uh, good topic. I think that's the reason why Nobel Nobel Prize Committee noticed the quantum dots are very useful. 
And the most, the presently, the most useful uh, application based on quantum dot would be the uh, TV panel, panel TV. Okay, so the quantum is used uh, as I just mentioned. QDs can not only provide green and red, but also uh, provide the green red with very very narrow the emission width, emission spectral width. That uh, okay. When we define the green, that means uh, okay. I will talk in front the wavelengths. The green should be like besides the. I mean the, the green should be sized wavelengths besides five, uh, five hundred and thirty nanometers. Besides, but uh, if we have a broad emission width, for example, from five hundred nanometers to five hundred and eight uh, eighty uh, nanometers, that is the broad emission. And the broad emission bring us is not that green. <laughs> this is the the problem. And QDs can provide very narrow emission. It's just within thirty nanometers. It uh, starts from uh, five hundred and ten to five hundred and forty. And this is so. This is really green. If you uh, look at the, the some green plant. Some it's very vivid. We call it like a vivid green, and some are just yellow green. This is different. QDs belongs to vivid green. Yes. Okay. So you can very precisely tune your color, and this yes. makes a much better quality of your of your TV screen. Yes. The, yes. The this, true. This is how how we presently use the quantum dot, but this is belongs to those quantum dots as doing the light emitting application. QDs, as I just mentioned, QD can also absorb light. And this is the one topic in our in Peter's group, I guess, the quantum mm -hmm. dot solar cells. Yes. When you think about it, the solar cells, it's the bad defeat. Uh, the difference between uh, the quantum dot solar cells and uh, uh, like the traditional proscar solar cells or traditional solar cells is kind of also different. As I mentioned, QDs can change the band, band gap. That, this means QD can absorb the light in infrared range. And this is the traditional solar cells cannot reach. For example, Proscar can only uh, absorb the wavelengths a bit, uh, below uh, 800 nanometers. Mm -hmm. The silicon wafers can absorb the light only uh, below uh, 1,000 and 100 nanometers. Mm -hmm. But the quantum dots can absorb, can absorb the light below uh, 100 and, uh, 1,000 and 800 nanometers. This means we can make this usable uh, infrared energy into the electricity. So you can harvest more of the yes solar radiation spectra spectrum yes. and uh, yes. have thereby a more efficient solar cell. Maybe yes. a short disc maybe short a short disclaimer here. If uh, some of the audience is interested in more detail about uh, solar cells or so, I can recommend um, episode number five where I talked with Leonard about uh, solar cells, which he shot into space, and there he uh, talked a lot about fundamental principles of of solar cells, how solar cells are working, are there different types of uh, solar cells, what are the limits and the challenges scientists are currently doing research on. So it seems a uh, quantum dot material is a quite versatile material. You can apparently do a lot with it. Besides building TV screens or solar cells out of it, what, what other applications do you have in mind? Is there currently an uh, emerging trend of a novel quantum dot material application out there? You can use the as the QD solar cells can be also used for the infrared photo detection. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So this is the this is the uh the, the way we want to go in the future. So use the use the same configurations to, to by the use for the photo detection, infrared photo detection. And okay. into the panel. Yes. 
But then it's not a solar cell anymore, right? But it still belongs to the similar solar cell structure. It's the same. Think about solar cells. Solar cells convert light into electricity, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the photodetector also converted the light into the uh, electricity. Is the same. You can the, the working principle is exactly the same. I think this is a very, yeah. uh, very promising sort of application. A new prom, um, promising way for for using quantum dots. There's a professor in University of Toronto, uh, uh, Edward Sargent. There's a lot of pays a lot of attention on QD photo detections since 2006, I guess. That's a nation paper because QDs can be used for uh, infrared photo detector because the still because the tunable banding gap, as mm -hmm. I just mentioned. And okay. the QDs are naturally have a very, um, very small diffusion lenses for the excitants. Okay, mm -hmm. and this kind of uh, small division access can really reduce the crosstalk of between the the pixels in the photo detection array. Oh, okay, I see. Yes, this is the point. So, the, the, so this is very low cost uh, solutions for the short wave infrared uh, detection or camera, because short wave infrared camera are very very expensive. It cost me like a hundred thousand per one device, but oh, if you wow. use the quantum dot solutions. I think the price is maybe uh, just one percent of the price. So basically, you have a very sensitive, very cheap photo detector in the infrared range. That is quite impressive. Cool. A further question: What are current challenges scientists are working on, or current challenges you are working on regarding quantum dot materials? Quantum dot actually uh, uh, the prop. The, 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 the challenges also comes from the, the, the property of the material because it's quite small. As, as I just mentioned, the material have actually extremely high surface area to, to volume ratio. You, you can think about the materials, it's just, it only has surface. <laughs> so it is quite sensitive to, to ambient conditions. For example, like uh, the, the oxygens and the moistures and also the bios current I mean, they, we put the quantum into like the electricity field. They can also can list to the, uh, the ions as uh, mm -hmm. composite. Mm -hmm. Okay, QDs to have to conquer such uh, conditions. If the QDs is used for light emitting material, okay, this is there are very successful solutions for solve the, the this problem by form a core share structure quantum dot. Okay, because the light emission part just in core and outside you can form a uh, semiconductor crystal as a shell because the shell is not responsible for light emitting. It's just irresponsible for protect the QD inside. Yes. So basically, you encapsulate the part where the light absorption or light emittance takes place. And this encapsulation material itself is already semiconducting. Well, that's a smart solution, I would say. That's cool. Yes. And this is a very successful for lighting, um, lighting emitting applications. But for the solar cells or photodetectors, QDs will suffer very, uh, very. I would say they they, they have to to enter through a, a very refined surface chemistry to to maintain the, the performance. Otherwise, they become decomposite or oxidized. And mm -hmm. So this is the challenge of how we use the QDs in the future. Yes, this is okay. challenge. But how, how do you do it? How, how do you modify surface chemistry? Do you use special uh, materials then or special treatments or? 
Okay, yeah, that's a uh, you just come up with just into my topic directed my present research topic. Yes. Ah, okay. okay. So if we now talk about your science and your research, then I think it's time for a nerd talk, a real nerd talk. Uh, let me shortly play this jingle, and then let's go. Nerd talk. Okay. For example, uh, like we we fabricate lead sulfide condoms. And then we use like a lead, uh, how to say it, lead highlights the ions to keep, keep the, the, the quantum dot. And, the, and, the, and then we deposit the films in high concentration. So the QDs are embedded into uh, ha uh, lead highlight films. Okay, so this, this, yes. this is like a, like a host matrix, which yes, gives protection, yes, yes. protection exactly, to the... Yes. And then still the light can penetrate this uh, matrix. Yes, true and can be then harvested or whatever yes. by the quantum nodes. Yes, that's true. Okay. Yes. And this is your research topic. So yes, this is, this where, is my where, present research topic. Where yes. you work on. Okay, great. You want to talk a bit more in detail about your... Yeah, that's because no we, problem. Uh, no, yeah, no problem. We, because it's just, uh, I just read too many uh, field papers. I would, would be very <laughs> happy to, to share with with everyone here. I just yeah. followed some recipes as in literature. So I tried and also modify it and also into my own ideas. Okay, this is the principle, as you just mentioned, the QD in matrix, this is the structure, how we call the, the, the structure. Okay, the problem is now how to how to modify the matrix. This is the, the, the very hot trend in our in our field. Some people use like high, uh, lead highlights, for example, like lead iodide, like lead uh, BR or uh, lead uh, CR, whatever, CL, whatever. And some other people also use like a process guide as the matrix. So you can think about it to put quantum dots into the process guide from the deposition or from the experiment is very easy to, to realize. Think okay. about the performance of, of the process guide is maybe like uh, the anti-solvent method. Okay. Mm -hmm. you, you can exactly uh, dissolve the quantum dots into the uh, lead iodide and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you deposited the films, and it, it because the, the the precursors already contain the quantum dot, mm -hmm. high concentration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The rest is you use the deposition and anti-solvent to realize the formation of the proskite. This is okay. the, the how is easily to to proceed in the experiment. And then and you the, have a high yeah. Then you have a hybrid uh, quantum dot perovskite film deposited on on some kind yeah, of yeah, substrate. Yeah. I think. Yes. And the perovskite serves as a host matrix for the quantum dots. Yes, yes, you can. Yes, of course, you have to change. You have to change the ratio of the quantum dots part and the perovskite part. You, you, you have to make the quantum dots part dominate the films. Otherwise, it becomes a perovskite property. Okay. Okay. So you have you have much more quantum dots than yes. perovskite material in the yes, film. Yes, yes. The quantum dots can occupy like a seventy percent, even over seventy percent. So the okay. property of the films is exactly the, uh, the the quantum dot property instead of the perovskite property. And what exactly the, is yeah? And what exactly is the task then of the perovskite material? The perovskite is a, uh, has a lot of uh, an uh, how I would say benefits because the the crystal structure is quite very very good and much much better than the quantum dot. So mm -hmm. the so the pro, uh, the crystal structure of the perovskite can really protect the QDs. This is the pros. Uh, this is the the, the key point, and the, the pros guide structure can really fix the service traps of the quantum dot. Think about it. Uh, this is yeah okay. okay. And so, the, the third thing is pros guide have a, a, a much broad uh, a much broad band gap than quantum dot. 
So this is we call it like type one uh, heterojunction. So the, the you can think about it, the bronze cannot observe the, the the infrared. So the light can yeah. transparent to in yeah. uh, to to the films is transparent for bronze but for QDs can observe such light. Okay, and then you use the absorbed light. Then you yeah once again you have a generate the electricity and to move and to extract the charge carriers. So this is the we call the photo detection. I I see cool. Well, then thank you for this amazing nerd talk. And uh, I think then we can officially close this nerd talk by playing once again the jingle. Nerd talk. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't be sorry. Yeah, okay. We're cool. we are, we are here for the science. Yeah. Great. So what do you think is this the future of quantum dots? Uh, I would say first to talk about the, the, the infrared imagined stuff. Think about this. You know the uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk just reduced the, the, the radar stuff from the Tesla, right? It mm -hmm. starts to use the full camera uh, system for the for the autopilot or some, some other. Okay, this is the problem for the camera, especially in the night and the foggy weather, where mm -hmm. you cannot really see something uh, maybe. But if you use the uh, shortwave infrared camera, that means you can uh have a, a very very good vision even in the bad weather condition or mm -hmm. even in light night mm -hmm. the reasons why why the traditional car manufacturers don't use the swire camera because it's quite expensive as i just mentioned one camera is cost really a lot if the qds can solve the problem can bring very cheap uh swire uh vision uh vision applications into the car factory that would be the future of the quantas again besides the, the, the televisions stuff. Yeah, it's really amazing how versatile these materials are. And yeah, whoever buys a Tesla, watch out. Maybe your Tesla is packed with uh, quantum dot materials. <laughs> so wait, we talked a lot about your materials, but what is next for you? Uh, for me, uh, to be honest, uh, besides to giving lectures in my present university, I also trying to run in my own company to convert such technology into industries. Because I'm now located, my university located in Great Bay, Great Bay Area of China, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, there's a lot of car uh, manufacturing here, like BYD, and it's very. I, I think it is quite famous for the new energy cars. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I already have like uh, to uh, contact, have some connections with some. They they, want, they really wants to try the, the new new uh, camera stuff like, like like me. But between me and the car back, there was a steer. Some we have a lot of way to go. For example, like an integrated circuit. I have to mm -hmm. deposit my quantum dot into not ITO glass anymore. I have to deposit my quantum dot on the CMOS or some other other IIC uh, stuff. And okay, to, to can, realize the imagine, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine this caused a lot of challenges if you yeah, change substrate of your of your yes. solution. Yeah. Yeah. The second one, I have to improve the, the stability of the quantum dot, as I just mentioned. This is very deadly uh, factor for the for the material use. Yes. And so my my team, my whole team, my graduate student and my postdoctors, they are working on improve the stability <laughs> of the of the QD film. Exciting times ahead of you. I'm very, very happy it turns out like this. Yes, very busy okay. man. <laughs> no, there, yes, I have a quite running team right now. I have like nine graduate students, one postdoctor. Oh, that's great. And still you yeah, have but... time to join me on this show. So I re really feel humbled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my, my pleasure, yes. That's cool.
Yeah, let's continue. We we have questions or I, I actually I was finished. If you if okay. you if if you want uh, to to add something more to the show, feel free. If uh, yeah, is it, is uh, no no no, no. I, to me it's also fine. I'm I'm really happy. I I really have to talk to you, and uh, you know we have like two years of not not see each other. And this yeah, is that's great true. opportunities. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, one more last thing I want to say that I really miss you guys and I want to <laughs> uh, I want to go to Munich as soon as possible and have beer with, with you guys. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. I mean, uh, off off the off the mic, uh, you already mentioned yes. this, uh, quantum this dot, part, right? the quantum dot no, the quantum <laughs> dot conference next year in March. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, the, I will what, I will I will join. Yes. Yeah, then then we we see it and we can continue our talk about uh, quantum dots. Mm-hmm. It'll be nice. I will Great. be in China. I will be in China next year in October to uh, to a workshop with uh, I think with Lin and Weijia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I will also join. Cool. Nice. We will nice. meet you twice. Next yeah, year. twice next year. That's <laughs> yeah. This will be cool. Can I can I join it again in the future? Yeah, if I have some big discoveries, <laughs> and anytime, any anytime, yeah, so I, I also expect that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care and say hi to the colleagues. Thanks. Yes, bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Have cool. a great day, Lucas. You too. Thanks. And say hello to Gear. <laughs> I will. I, I will do it. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. If you have any questions left to Wei or me, just let us know in the Spotify comment section below. Or you can also always reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram. If you like this episode, you might also like episode 5 with Leonard, where we talk about solar cells or episode 9 with Jill, where we talk about batteries. So both episodes are about, let's say, energy materials and way with his quantum dot solar cells, quantum dot photo detectors also goes in this direction, I would say. And one last thing, this podcast is about you and everyone can participate. So if you want to share an exciting story about your science, your academic life, some crazy experiments or any other nerdy stuff, feel free to drop me a short message. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and see you soon on the next episode of Your Friendly Physicist and Other Nerds.